Hi guys, on this Estate Agency X podcast, it's a, it's a little bit of a different slant today. Um, Rob, Rob's taking the reins and he is going to talk to me about the journey of building life cycle. Some of the things that I learned on that journey, some of the things that our clients have learned, why life cycle, why it's like it is today as to where it came from. Hope you enjoy it. Hi everyone, so welcome to another episode of Estate NCX um, with myself, Rob Brady, Elite Performance Coach at Iceberg Digital. Myself, Mark Burgess, CEO, Iceberg Digital. So our podcast has been around a couple of years um, and we've always tried to stay authentic to some of the stuff we put on there, even if like some of our episodes have been packed full of swearing in itself, just to be really truthful about some of the topics that you estate agents out there might want to discuss. So Mark and I were talking about one of the episodes today and I thought, I want to ask Mark, like, why life cycle? Like, if you're an agent out there who hasn't used life cycle and you're still sat there and you still are a bit undecided of like whether you reach out to us, what even we do, it's very, very hard sometimes for us to put it into like three or four sentences and you might not even be ready to explore anything further. So I thought, this episode, we want to talk around like the evolution of life cycle. Why even existed? Like Mark's dumping Mark's brain into a system, and what's happened in the last few years? Because we're now at life cycle three. Like we launched life cycle three today. So what's happened in life cycle one and two? So Mark, yes. The first question I'll ask you is like, where did it all begin? Like, where was the life cycle concept? Because I mean, obviously before. I remember when I met you, you had already started that journey and it was already like in its development stages. Uh, so like, what was the road leading up to that? Yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, I'm, one that I ask myself quite a lot as well. Um, I guess <clears throat> my background um, is one whereby, as probably, you know, many business owners find themselves they they don't particularly fit in with the school system if you go all the way back to that stage of your life. So uh, I'd left school with not really any uh, any qualifications. Um, I'd done a few dead end jobs. I fell into a state agency. Loved a state agency because uh, it's a kind of more you know it's more of a thinking on your feet type thing than a academic type thing, um, and. Then I went and worked in, in IT in the city, uh, uh, worked in, on that side of things. And I started to see a big difference between the estate agency that I'd left and the way that uh, the IT and, and big businesses in London were working. Uh, you know, the internet obviously had been around a little while by then, but it was still in its infancy in terms of making its way out into the suburbs and into people's houses and all of that sort of stuff. But in the city, it was being used for work every day. Um, and I started thinking, even right then, around about sort of the late 90s, early 2000s, wow, this is gonna change a state agency completely. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and anyway, I started a few different companies. I, I started a company doing what I had been doing in the city and I had another recruitment company and various different businesses, I, I started basically to become a, a, a mini entrepreneur. And I had publishing company and a, various different uh, businesses, as I say, and that, some of those businesses worked, some of them didn't work. 
some of them were total failures. Um, and then probably 10 years into having different companies, I stumbled into uh, this group of entrepreneurs who had all built very, very successful businesses, eight-figure eight businesses, sold companies for hundreds of millions of pounds, and, and spent quite a lot of time hanging around with these people. Um, and I guess like they say that you're a product of your environment, don't they? Yeah. I, things started to change for me. These people were having conversations that were just very different to the way that I saw life. Yeah. You know, I'd been trying to make some money every month. I'd been trying to make a bit more money this month than I had the month before. And I, I had dreams and goals of like, you know, or being, you know, having loads of money and all of that sort of stuff. But I didn't really have any specific route as to how I was going to get there. Yeah. Um, and these people just made it seem so much simpler. Like there were the certain things that you have in place. I guess perhaps some of the stuff maybe I would have learned if I had gone on and done an MBA or something like that. Although obviously all of these people didn't have any education either, they just had the experience. So I started to look at my companies differently and I started to restructure the way that they were built and the way that we were working, um, rather than it just being a, let's do some better work today than we did yesterday, it started to become more structured. And lo and behold, things started changing. And since then, I've built seven-figure businesses and eight-figure businesses. And so in about 2015, um, we sat down and we started to look at how could a state agency, one, either completely revolutionize itself and become uh, the, 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 the industry that it wants to be, whereby people actually respect estate agents, they get good fees and they're essential, or two, what would cause a state agency to completely disappear? Um, and they were both, they both to us seemed like exactly the same thing. It just depends whether a state agents did it or whether somebody else did it. Um, and so we started to look at what products would a state agents need? And the, the issue for us, which we perhaps didn't really consider too seriously at the time, was that we had taken a look into the future and then worked our way back. And we knew it would work. We'd been through it ourselves. We knew it would work this way. Um, but it wasn't yet an obvious problem in a state agency because they hadn't necessarily looked into the future and seen that problem. And so we started with some products whereby we were simply allowing them to track their market appraisals, for instance. Uh, just a very simple process of, look, at that point in time, and even now for a lot of estate agents, they go out on a market appraisal. One of the key, one of the most key parts of a state agency, getting listings, and they try to get the listing there and then. If they can't, they put it into a callback diary and chase the person up. But after a period of time, maybe one or two weeks, there's not really much left to talk to the person about, and it just drifts off into nowhere. A lot of estate agents will say, oh yeah, but you know, I have an 85% conversion rate, so I don't have to worry about that, which is, you know, it's all bullshit. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, even people listening to it now will be like, no, no I genuinely have. Um, but it's just, it's just not true. Um, I would have said the same thing when I was an estate agent. You, you end up just blocking out. All the, the people never count yeah, the market. You go, yeah, well, they didn't count because they weren't actually thinking about selling. Yeah. Right? <laughs> uh, so of the ones that were thinking of selling, I've got an 85% conversion rate and the rest don't count. But actually, they do count, yeah. and 
when you look at successful businesses, they don't do that. Like it was the first step of the difference between me having companies where I was just trying to make a bit more money every day and me having a process to build a phenomenal company. The process of building a phenomenal company is you don't just let leads disappear. Mm. You spent all this time and effort getting to the stage where someone's called you round their house. I mean, like there's a lot of time and effort that goes into that. Whether you realise it, whether it's direct or indirect, there's a lot of time and effort that goes into that. So to let that go by the wayside is crazy. Mm. Um, that person may not list their house. They might, may not be that serious, but you shouldn't just never communicate with them again. Um, uh, so the first process for us was we could make this tool whereby people put their market appraisals in and the system continues to communicate with them by sending them useful content long after the valuations happened, if needed, obviously not if they've instructed. And if they're ever reading that content at some point in the future, it will send a nudge to the valuer to say, hey, you might want to check in with this guy at this point. He's thinking about you. Um, it's, for, for us, it was a piece, one piece of a very, very, very long jigsaw puzzle that we had mapped out as to how we, how we would uh, change the way a state agency works by using technology. Mm. Not, not take away a state agency, but actually empower a state agency. Um, and we could see the path quite clearly. Estate agents quite liked that tool. But again, they liked it because of the quick win. Right. And then they just quite liked, oh, I'll get to send a nice presentation. We'll look, we'll look better than next door. Hopefully we'll still win it on the day. And that's really why people yeah. signed up to it to yeah. begin with. And I was one of those agents. Yeah, so I went, like, absolutely. <laughs> like the little dopamine here of like, oh, they get, I opened up this email. Like, yeah, that's it, absolutely. So, so it began there, <laughs> but we always knew, uh, when I say we, myself and uh, Yusuf, our CTO, uh, Haley, our COO, we always knew we had we had eight whiteboards mapped out as to like where it, where it has to end up, mm. you know, by rights, three people in jeans shouldn't be able to do that, um, make that company. But you know, as it turns out, we uh, we're well on the way to to creating it now. So so that's where it it really began was with my the journey that I went on in business, mm. the transformation that I saw where it was like, wow, it really does actually work like that. So then looking back at an industry that I loved, estate agency going, God, like it's been 15 years since I saw technology change everything in the city and still it hasn't really changed the estate agency. Yeah, everyone's using a computer, but not for any extra advantage that you'd get over using a pen and paper yeah. um, and sitting down and going, okay, estate agency is either going to do this or someone's going to do it to them. Yeah. Because like when when I first joined, a good few years ago, like we obviously had that the tool you were talking about, we had the back end of all of that, and and then obviously you were planning lifecycle launch. And obviously I remember going into the back end of that and thinking, holy fuck, like this is just crazy because that was everything and anything that you probably thought about in your head and you put it into a system. And bless, obviously, I've sat down with you, Sid, and we've had those conversations. That he's, of how everything was just randomly built. But that was obviously I saw as like almost like a refining process. So like, what started you to go from this is everything and anything and you can do all this sort of functionality and then like how did what made you then go 
it needs to be refined into life cycle in itself. Yeah, uh, I think when you do something yourself, it's easy to kind of get carried away with it, isn't it? Like, you know, if you have the idea, anyone out there who's listening, I'm sure you've come up with a brilliant idea at some point in your head and gone, got carried away with it. And at some point you've told the rest of your team and they've looked at you like you're mad. And, but it doesn't matter because it's your idea, you can kind of push on with it. So in the very beginning, the systems I built were purely for me and my company and they worked. And, you know, as, a, as I said before, we had great success with them. As I pushed it out into a state agency, I didn't really think about how I would translate the idea over to somebody else. Yeah. I just thought, this is great because of this. And someone would go, oh, wow, that does sound really cool. And before they'd even managed to take it in, I'd go, and also you can do this, and 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 this. <laughs> and people would just be like, whoa, that's mental. <laughs> but then they couldn't implement. Yeah. So I guess to explain why we broke it down, would be right to explain the difference between our company, Iceberg Digital, and our product lifecycle. Mm. Um, so Iceberg Digital is there for us to be able to make all of the different things that are required for somebody to transform the way that they work and transform their business and go through that process that I went through. Mm. Because it's not just, oh, get a bit of software and see how it works. You know, you, you are gonna need software, you're going to need software that ties in with what you learned from a coach. Mm. And you're going to need the coaches and stuff to tie in with what you learned in training. And you're going to need content that ties in with what's training and the coach have told you to do in the software. Mm. And all of these different pieces of the puzzle, mm. you're going to want to learn from people outside of the industry how certain things work. And there's so much, so many pieces to this puzzle. Iceberg Digital could bring all of that together. Mm. We could make a software called Lifecycle that people could use to do the implementation. We could give them elite performance coaches that could show them how to think about things slightly differently, how to help transform the way that their team think about things, how to delegate work, how to change the way the business mm. works. We could give them incredible training. As I say, we could, we could put on live Estate the X events and bring in some of those amazing mentors that I'd learned from that could just explain things to people in a way whereby they, their, their mind might open and they might yeah. suddenly go, wow, that's crazy. And we've actually seen it happen now, haven't yeah. we? We've seen agents that have, have, have said, it is not possible to charge more than I charge in my area. Mm. And four years later, they're charging eight times as much, <laughs> yeah. which might sound like, yeah, it's not possible. You can't be charging eight times as much. You know, we. We know, both know an agent who said it's not possible to get more than three grand fee in her area and she's just completed on a property where she charged 17 and a half grand. Yeah. Of course there's, I'm not saying that's normal, mm. I'm just saying that like it begins with, first of all you've got to open it's, up your mind, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's, um, I think the common perception is, <clears throat> even from, from a point where I, we had our first product when I was at a backing agency and trying to put it to the staff and everyone was like, well, you know, it's not all about technology, it's about the people and there's, I know there's that part to it. So what I noticed with what Iceberg stands for is a, it's the evolution of business, but in a blend of human and technology and the people. And I mean, I've never worked for a brand that's got more resonation on the identity and the individuality of what we work for. Um, so then what we've, so that's iceberg. So life cycle itself, right? Mm. 
what made you go from the original system to life cycle? Like what was what was the defining moments and the reasons why? Because life cycle, like we're now on life cycle what a three and mm. we launched life cycle one back in just as a pandemic hit, mm. March, March, was it February, January, 2020? We gave it to clients in February and launched yeah. it to the world in March, yeah. Um, so like that was just marketing and yeah. we're a different platform we can go to a bit later, but what, what made you go from that to? So again, it's, it's steps yeah. um, and the things that are required for you to get to the ultimate goal. What is the ultimate goal? Well, the ultimate goal is that you, ha you you can't be put out of business. You know, as an entrepreneur myself, I said, like I say, I've had businesses that have gone south on me and it's a, it's a really hard time because you don't know when to call it quits mm. because you get so much, there's so many motivational podcasts and everything that you can listen to of people that say like, you know, never give up. When you're down on the floor, you keep going. <laughs> and, and, and even when you're like, you can be, hundreds of thousands of pounds in debt, you're still going, I'm going to make this work, you know? Um, yeah. And, and so it's a really tough one. There's a, such a thin line between someone going, you're not really cut out for this, mm. and someone going, you was always cut out for this. Like it's, it's, it's a hair's width, that line. I know because I've been on both sides of it, and the first side I got to experience was the one people going, you're not really cut out for this. Mm. And the second side was, yeah, he was always got out for this, right? So, and some of the people that I was involved with, they just left, they went back to work and they go, oh yeah, we could never have done what you did. It's like, well, you, you could, looking back now, you were like a slither away from it. So why did we refine what we do? Well, it's, they're all just pieces that you will eventually need, but you need to take them in bite-sized chunks. Hmm. The very first system we had was like, you're gonna need all of this and you're gonna need it all right now. But that's, it's not feasible. You're not gonna be able to implement that. No. So it was like, okay, again, let's refine. Marketing, everyone's got a CRM system in a state agency that they feel like they're happy with. So let's not go straight for the jugular. Like they haven't got a marketing system. They're wasting a lot of time and effort like archiving people that eventually are gonna turn around and become business again. Mm. So they need a marketing system. So we can start here. This is where everything begins. Everything in business is downstream of lead generation. So here's a marketing system. Did we know we were gonna build the CRM? Yeah, of course we know we're gonna build the CRM because at some point you're gonna need a system that works with your marketing system better than a system that was built in 2002. Go that, back to the whiteboards. Yeah, it doesn't. So, and do we know we'll build other things in the future? Yeah, we do, yeah. but it's about the stages of implementation. First of all, you're gonna to need to get comfortable with the fact that everything's downstream of lead generation. You need marketing. If you haven't got marketing, you're not going to hit those goals that you've set for yourself next year in terms of sales. Hmm. It's just as simple as that. Like, it doesn't matter what business you're in. If, you're, if you are not doing marketing and that marketing isn't working, you are not going to do your sales target. <laughs> it is, that's as simple as it gets. Yeah, true. Um, and most companies are just not realistic with their marketing. It should be, you should be spending a minimum of 7% of whatever turnover it is you dream of making on marketing, mm. a minimum. And, and, and so if you wanna make a million pounds next year, you need to be spending 70,000 pounds as a minimum on lead generation. 
And people will go, wow, I haven't got 70,000. It's like, okay, but just get realistic. Mm. What have you got? And where can you get to? And how much of that can you re-spend back on marketing? Mm. It's not realistic to think that you're going to spend nothing and do a million pounds in revenue. So marketing is where it all began, and that's where we, why we had to start there. And we had to take away some of this advanced stuff that was just causing procrastination mm. and say, look, you just need consistency to begin with. You know, for those that have met me before will know that I talk a lot about 7-11-4, Google Zero Moment of Truth. They did a big piece of research that showed people buy stuff that they've spent seven hours with, had 11 touch points, seen in four different locations. Even estate agents understand it. That's why they love having lots of boards up. Mm. They see those boards in lots of different locations, 11 different times. <laughs> they pass your shop. They see this. They see that. They go, oh, these guys are good. You can do it on an explosive level in the digital world. And you think that most people are checking their phone before they even get out of bed. Mm. So it begins with marketing and content. And most estate agents haven't got that. So that's life cycle one. Mm. Bang, we need this. What problem is that going to cause? Well, the problem that's eventually going to cause for people is that they're going to go, we love this. We hate having two systems. Yeah. So life cycle two is like, well, here's the CRM system. And then people are like, oh my God, migration. How am I going to deal with migration? It's not that big a deal. It's like you're really just, you're just making up reasons. Like everybody goes through pain, don't they? It's like, I've recently been on a, a weight loss journey, you know, over the last 12 months. Yeah. And I guess I've been on a weight loss journey for the last 10 years, really. And I can remember my trainer saying to me 10 years ago, when I was working out just to try and lose some weight then, me saying to him, like, how long is this going to take? <laughs> and he was like, well, how long did it take you to get like this? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, that took years, but I wanted this done in weeks. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, but do you actually want it done? Do you actually want to do? Do you actually want? Do you actually want your CRM and your marketing system to all work as one? Because if you do, migration is not that big a deal. Mm. I'm not saying it's not painful. I'm just saying, like, shut the fuck up and get on with it. Mm. Like companies do it. Companies have done it. So do it or don't do it. Um, so in comes the CRM side of things. Obviously, you're on board as an elite performance coach. How do you make that easier? Because one of the bigger challenges is going to be. But what about all my staff? Yeah. Well, we have coaches for that. But, but, but they, don't, they don't want to do coaching. That's fine. We have online academies that they can do. Well, they don't want to do that either. And then it comes a point of like, well, at some point you're going to have to ask your question, are these people your team? Yeah. Are they all coming on this journey with you or are they all going on another journey that yeah. you don't want to go on? Um, so refining things, to get back to your question, was what's the steps that someone's going to need to go through. So even though we're on life cycle three now, yeah, it was just marketing. Then it was marketing and CRM. Now it has lots of insights around the, a blur between the two, how the marketing results in sales. It will figure it all out for you and present it straight to the team. But you can still take the steps. Mm. You can still just go, well, I'll just, I'll just start with marketing, please. And if I like that, then I might dip my toe in the water with your coaching and and see if I want to use some of your CRM functions. And, and if I do that, then I might end up getting to the stage where I let the system tell my team who to call to get <laughs> listings. Which is crazy. It is crazy. Well, um, what, 
common discussions we've had over the years is like product after product after product after product. And like, I've, I've certainly noticed it as we've gone for the evolution of life cycle, we've started to realize like too many of that, those products lined up ends up having that overwhelming procrastination of people because they don't, they all look at it and be like, oh my God, it's like, like you know, I always use the analogy of running a marathon. Like, if someone said to you, right, you're gonna go and run a marathon tomorrow, like you have all the will in the world, but like, that's gonna be hell. But getting you to run around the block a couple of times a week, and then the following week, run a bit longer and a bit further and a bit further and a bit further, and then run a 10K and a 15K and then build up to it. That's a program in itself and an understanding of it. So do you feel like as we've developed and changed life cycle with what's been your major learnings that we've found within um, products or the platform itself or? Yeah, I think, I think sometimes the tendency is to have a great idea, get it out to market as quickly as possible because this is, this is crucial that everybody gets access to this brilliant idea. Mm. Um, and then disappointingly, what happens is nobody uses it. <laughs> yeah. um, and that's not the end user's fault. Mm. You know, it's, uh, what do they say like, you know, simplification is the ultimate sophistication. Mm. It's not the idea. There's a billion ideas out there. Everyone's got a great idea. It's the implementation of it, isn't it? Yeah. So it's a question of sometimes I think slowing down to speed up and and saying, okay, I mean life cycle is a great example. It's such an interlinked system. It's a huge, it's a huge interlinked, clever, living, breathing system that changes. You come into work one day, it tells you call these people. If you call them all the next day, you come in, it will tell you a new load of people. It's it's not a static database. So to do that, there are over a million algorithms inside that system, constantly working twenty four seven. So when someone turns around and says, oh, you know, we could just do this. Mm. And sometimes that person's me, sometimes it's you, sometimes it's a user. On the face of it, you always go, yeah, that's easy. Mm. And I, I can tell you, not just 99% of the time, 100% of the time, if you slow down, think about it, talk about it for a day, you'll find it's a massive project and a totally different problem yeah. to the one you thought that you were about to solve. Um, so I guess the biggest learnings over the time have been not just this would be good, but what does this, how does this actually, how do you actually do this so that it's of use to people? Yeah. Um, which is what, you know, which is again, as life cycle gets better and better and better, it becomes simpler and simpler and simpler. Uh, you know, we, we can now take it to the stage whereby that whole, you know, everyone sees marketing as a, um, uh, a, a kind of black hole, don't they? Uh, like what works, what doesn't work, Facebook, leaflets, uh, knocking on people's doors, uh, Google ads, like who knows? Uh, well, don't worry, because you don't have to know now, because life cycle knows. And you might say, well, that's impossible. It's, it's not really that impossible. The reason humans don't know is because no human is going to sit and look 
at who's been visiting your website, look through thousands and yeah. thousands and thousands of bits of, they're not going to do that. No. But a computer loves that. Yeah. It can do it all day long and it can just come up with a list of like, right, out of the 1,500 people that went to your blog last month and read that article about what to do if you're thinking about selling your house, I can also quickly calculate that 13 of them have done an instant valuation previously and another 12 of them you've done a market appraisal for at some point in the past and they haven't put their house on the market yet and six of them you did a market appraisal for that are on the market with another agent. Mm. Right? A computer can do that like that. So now simplification becomes better and better and better because all the agent really wants, even when we just had the marketing system, <laughs> all the agent really wants is listing yeah. or at least an opportunity mm. for a human to get involved and do the listing. So now we can simplify it to the point of like, don't worry about it all, but there is a box on the dashboard that says these 13 people have been active reading your content or looking at doing something like that yeah. on either your Facebook, your LinkedIn, your Twitter, your website, your email, something in your particular marketing ecosystem. Yeah. They've been active in some way. Here's the reason why we think it's a potential listing. Here's what they were doing. Here's when they were doing it. And here's their contact details if you want to have a chat with them. Yeah. That's it. It's so simple. The, the end result's so simple. Getting there, like 10 years worth of complication and a million algorithms and all yeah. this stuff going on inside a system. But it's the simplification that people want, isn't it? Yeah, I think <clears throat> unless you've gone down that route like we have as marketing, then you do the CRM functions and then you start to blend it together is when you start to see different insights that you couldn't necessarily do if you just did a standalone static CRM system or a, and even tried to marry it together because there's there's not one working out the overall view of it all. I mean, some of the stuff we've seen, right? What, last month I had an agent where it was like, from when we first ever launched Lifecycle One, someone done a market appraisal, like 25 months later, and just instructed that agent. Yeah. And it's like, like you said, someone might have called up and said, I came from a board, because the instant valuation was put in a bin and no one ever remembered it, and it was never tracked anywhere. Mm. But yeah, that might have been like an end result, but ultimately, and it's really interesting looking back on that journey, going like, hang on, like they it did an instant valuation, and then pretty much you can confirm what data that we see. Like they didn't do anything for like six months. Yeah. Read a newsletter, buggered off, did something else, did an email, and it was as they obviously you could start to see as their their journey came to the point where they're going to put the house on the market. You started to see their activity levels gain, gain, yeah, and gain. Yeah. And the agent, the the wins of it is the agent said. Literally, I was the agent of just, they called me up and said, can you come out and take my house and put it on the market? Because the agent hadn't even really seen that. But I think like, if you go back to just, I remember just going back to like, you were just saying at the beginning of that, like that wouldn't even happen in a traditional CRM. And even going back to what you said, like, I used to get really frustrated as a neg. Like even when I worked in the big corporates, they didn't have any of this sort of stuff. Independence, the independent I was at now has that stuff, but previously I remember just sitting in front of, even when I worked in banking, it was the same thing, like mm. call people up mm. and you'd sit there and I'd sit there for days on end thinking like, yeah, I just call people up. It was just such a disheartening thing. Like, mm. and like, there's no, re there's no reward. Yes, there was a reward that you might do some form of business, but I look at it and think like from the 
from a mental well-being aspect for staff to feel like they feel like they've got some sense of purpose they're doing, right? Give credit to your team to go, right, here's a system, these are the 35 people you should call today, and tomorrow it might be 14, and the next day it might be 65 because of the content you're doing, but at least not just getting them to sit in front of a desk and go, uh, we've got about 15,000 people in archive database, don't know who they did, they've got half the details right, don't know whether they're actually buyers, whether they bought from us, whether they're vendors, whatever, whether they're landlords or tenants, just, just randomly call them. Like, call them or archive them. Yeah, what, yeah. Like, <laughs> what a load of shit that is. And I remember being in that role, and I used to, I used to think, but obviously I think differently, no wonder where I work with you guys today. And I used to just think like, okay, but like, what are we trying to get out of this? And then I used to say to the, used to say to the owner saying like, what marketing have we done? to like to these people nothing it's like okay well and then you'd understand then start to understand why people would even call them up and be, let's be honest like i spoke to Kel, my partner Kel the other day and i said to her like she bought a flat two years ago and i said to her like who'd you buy off she's like i don't know don't remember i said what what do you remember about it she said the experience was i was a first-time buyer i didn't get anything about first-time buyers i needed a mortgage didn't get that so i just went to my bank when i went around and did a viewing with that agent uh, they spoke to my mum because like they thought I was a girl although I was uh, my early 30s I was a professional and I'd been renting for like a decade and she said so the experience of that was I wasn't even being treated like the customer and then the journey of going through sales progression and getting that through I didn't have a clue what I was doing they didn't really give me insights on what I should be doing and then I got the keys right to go into the office to go and get the keys and then since then she said like I don't remember who I bought from. Mm. And really, when you look at that, like she's got to the point now where we're considering the next few years whether we continue to rent her flat out or we sell it and then buy a bigger asset. And like the craziest, I'd look at that and think, if an agent had life cycle in that part, not only the experience I know that our agents deliver better for that person, she registered a first time buyer, hasn't got a mortgage, mm. there'd be regular content going out to that person. The experience of asking for feedback and monthly newsletters and educating about what's happened in the market. And when she became a, a landlord herself, like the stuff around that part to it, that'd be a whole different journey going through that if it had just been a traditional CRM. Yeah, I think so. But I think like, you know, for a traditional estate agent, I want to say traditional, anyone who's listening to this, I think like, you know, you're already probably in the top 1% of people that are ready to innovate. Yeah. You know, most estate agents don't wouldn't even know what a podcast was, I, 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 would, I would say, like, you know, but, um, so <clears throat> when I say traditional estate agent, I mean, you know, you're, you may be you're successful, maybe you do, you do good numbers, you've probably got a traditional software is what I mean, and you yeah. work in a, that traditional way. Um, and you may well listen and think like, yeah, that all does sound great, oh, I'm sure it's brilliant. It makes perfect sense. Why wouldn't it? If you look at another industry, let's let's just look at something like recruitment. Mm. Imagine you're sat at a desk and they say, right, phone up companies and see if you can get some job vacancies. That's one way of doing it. We've got a big database here, just phone random companies. Other way, uh, these 16 companies that were all on our website yesterday, reading content around what to do if you're looking to fill a vacancy. Mm. Right? It makes perfect sense. The, the the blockage I think is yeah, how I don't know I don't know what to do next mm. I don't know anything about 
7-Eleven for or content or where am I going to make this content? Where am I going to put this content? It all sounds easy to us. Sure. Where am I going to, how does this Facebook ads work? How do Google ads work? Like, what do you mean nurturing? Like, that's where it all gets cloudy for people. Yeah. And I think like I say, like, that's why for me, I love the, the concept of iceberg, the ecosystem. Like, yes, life cycles are software. It will deliver all of the, you ne I need to do these things, yeah. and life cycle will do it. The coaching and the training and the support and possibly even like other products that we've got will fill in all of those other gaps. Yeah. And that's the joy I think that we get is when an agent, we get, you know, pretty much all of our agents that go through this process and come out the other side just going like, this is mental. Yeah. This is like a whole other world. <laughs> like, what's going on? And it's not, it's not like, oh, you need to do it because, like, you know, it'll help you get ahead. You need to think, someone else is going to do this. Someone yeah. else is probably already doing this. You can't beat it. You cannot win. Like, yep, life's like the bar in a state industry is pretty low. Um, when the market's busy, you can sell a few houses. Everybody can make a bit of a living. Anyone who gets into a real business that's been doing it for years is, you know, knows like, yeah, okay, and then there's a bit of a glass ceiling. Yeah. You know, now you've got staff, now you've got overheads, now you're, now you're, you know, now you're getting annoyed by those new entries in the market that are undercutting you and stuff. And now it's a real business. Okay, you want to build a business, you can't beat a company that does this. It's not possible. Yeah. Someone out there has a system that's telling them who to call for listings. They never ever archiving anybody. They're communicating with everybody forever. They're communicating with them in social media. They're running Google ads to them. They're emailing them. They're getting notifications when they're active. Their leads are getting qualified automatically. Their viewing feedback's happening automatically. Their content's getting created automatically. They're, they can't be beat. Yeah. So it's not, oh, maybe I should do it. It's like, you, you don't have a choice. Yeah. <clears throat> I think, we always, everyone always talks around short-term and long-term mindset, but that really comes down to it, doesn't it? Like the short-term, my fundamental belief is like, the reason why you can get a lot of uh, new entries into the market and you get fed up with them because they can come and go, oh, like how do they get established? Yeah. Because really when you go toe-to-toe -to -toe with them, if they're, if they're serious enough about it and they've got an allocated money to spend on instant valuation ads and if they do the traditional door knocking and leaflet dropping, like, that's no different than what you're trying to do as well. Mm. So like, and then if you're just based around, I've got this really pretty brand, and they've got a nice brand, again, they're toe-to-toe -to -toe of you, so they can easily get established as a competitor. And we've seen that. We've seen some agents across the country where they've just, like even look at Ian at Avocado, mm. like Ian's blasted into that patch. He hasn't even got any offices, and he's got a big patch of those, and we've seen the numbers, what they do. Yeah. So it's physically possible if you if you go toe to toe on that digital front anyway. I mean, even even Ian didn't even do any door knocking for his guys. But I think when you start to look at not just the transaction of like buyer seller come together, goes over the line, hands over keys, that's it. And you look at like what's happening before to so those sellers and buyers coming to the market. Like how much can I influence those people? Do we, do we even have any systems in place that I can try and influence those people? But also, when those keys get handed over, I like, what do I even do with them? That then loops back around that when they decide to come back on that journey, it's like a big, massive conveyor belt. Well, that's the marketing that we're talking about. Yeah. 
estate agents don't they don't have any marketing yeah they don't, they don't do marketing at all they do sales when people go you need to go door knocking that's sales mm. it's not marketing that's knocking on the door doing sales Sound and i know idea. i know there's there's a nice way of doing door knocking and all of that sort of stuff uh, and i'm not saying this to say don't do it i'm just saying it's sales yeah it's not marketing like marketing is a different idea marketing is nurturing is slowly getting people used to your brand getting them to think something that 7-11-4 process that mm. we spoke about it's not logic it's psychological it's mm. a process of someone going quite, I quite like these people um, I think I'm going to work with them and then they make up reasons as to why they're going to do it and we all know we do that stuff because you know look at cars what, what's the difference between them really mm. You know, well, we, we all could say, oh, no, 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 this is the difference. Yeah, it's four wheels and a bit of metal. Like, that's what a car is. But, like, they're all so different. Yeah. No, they've all got different marketing. Mm. They all go for different markets and they all do different marketing, but they're all a car. Well, if you look at even, like, um, if you look at traditionally, like VW, your Audis, like, yeah, Porsche, all uh, Skodas, the like, they're all built by, like, I'd, I used to have an old client who used to get like massive dealership and he was saying like, I've gone to those factories and they're literally yeah, making the same shell. cars, same shells, just different badges, <laughs> but different prices on those based on the marketing. Yeah, different specs, different prices, different components, but it was all off the same conveyor belt. But even if you look at websites, uh, go on the BMW website and the Mercedes website, they're the same. Mm. All right, you might go, oh yeah, but then you know, look, that, that banner's slightly different. They're, they're essentially the same. How different can it be? Mm. I mean, it's a car website. <laughs> you're going to be able to see the models. Mm. You're going to see a video of someone driving through fire, you know, <laughs> in, a, in a puddle. And, but still, they still manage to differentiate themselves because they do marketing, yeah. because people get influenced. 95% of the decision is made before you get in the front room. Yeah. Now, if you're not doing marketing, it's probably based on a, the boards and things like that that they've seen. But like I say, the bar's quite low. Mm. So imagine if you were doing marketing and you were all over the social media and you were all over when they went and asked questions to Google, they always seemed to, you always seemed to have the answer. Yeah. And it was a case whereby like they were getting content from you that they actually found useful in their email. Of course they're going to, of course they're going to use you. Mm. Then it becomes, like I say, the block becomes, oh, God, I don't know how to do all of that. Well, don't worry. It's easy. Mm. But hundreds of different brands, like over four or five hundred different branches, over thousands of users that have all been through the process. And they're not all 17 or 18-year-old estate agents that, like, you know, are all good at filming TikTok videos. These are people that have been in the industry 20, 30 years. Mm. There's a process. Lifecycle is the software that makes it possible. The process around the outside of the coaching, the support and everything else that we do is what helps someone actually move from being where they are today to a place whereby the, the future's a lot more safe for them. Finally, I'll put towards the end of this podcast, what would you say like a couple of your, I haven't got to name the clients, but what would be like some of your stories that you feel like we've made a greater change? It doesn't necessarily have to be like, oh, they went from a, 0.5% agent to 2% agent, that crap. Yeah. But like, have you got any stories that that you resonate with, like that actually changed? For me, it's for me, it's usually 
when I see the type of thing that happened with me mm. personally, you know, when I when I I work with somebody and then at some point down the line they it's like a it's like a new version of them comes out and they go, oh my, how how I used to have my team, how my how how my team used to tell me what to do and you know, I'd, I'd get annoyed with them and we're back and forth with it. And we used to, you know, try and take on every property and we used to just, just charge, just, we thought we couldn't charge any more than this. All of these different things. Yeah. It's not It's not that uh, every one of our clients suddenly starts charging triple fees and all of that sort of stuff. But for me personally, I just like it when, not just the light bulb goes off for somebody, because that's quite easy to do. There will be people that are listening to this podcast maybe where a few light bulbs have gone off. But it's when they then go, I'm going to, I like the sound of that so much, I'm going to actually see if that works. And mm. I'm going to follow that through and, see, and make that happen. And then you meet up with them a year or two later and they say to you, you, you changed my whole life. Mm. That's like, totally amazing. There's people that I can look at that did that for me. Mm. Or I can talk to them and go, you know, it changed my entire life, this conversation that we had. And it's not just the conversation, it's the implementation afterwards. Massive, yeah. There are some clients, you know, they'll know who they are. Like I say, we, like you said, it's not worth me dropping names into the conversation, but they're, they're small independents, there are 10 branch companies, they're just people that have gone, okay, we're making this change mm. and I want my team to come with me but if they're not going to come with me they can go and be in someone else's team because I'm going to have a team that goes on this journey and then they do it and they absolutely smash through it whether that's over six months or five years mm. and then they get to the point whereby I don't know maybe they're there when a new person is thinking about going on that journey and they look at them and they just go you you just do what these guys tell you to do. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. So, yeah. So, thanks very much for joining, guys. Um, if We've said it before in other sessions, uh, other podcast episodes, that if you've got any topics or questions or stuff that you want us to explore, feel free to, if you're on, you know, this has been put on Facebook or on YouTube or on our blog, etc. get in touch with us, write comments, write, send us messages, and we'll be more than happy to discuss those topics on the State CX. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this podcast. My name's Mark Burgess. Estate and CX is a community of learning, inspiration, and accountability all about the future of a state agency as we move through the 2020s.